is the Brush Up on EMS podcast that challenges common thought in EMS, helps with beating that national registry exam, and breaks down the barriers of tough topics in EMS, making them easier to understand. These EMS tips, tricks, and thoughts can be found right here. Don't touch that pause button because here's your host, Bob. time to dress your tourniquet for success. Greetings and hallucinations. I'm Bob, your host. Today on Brush Up on EMS, we're going to tighten up thinking about tourniquet placement. Should a tourniquet be between two to three inches above the wound and not on any joints? Should a tourniquet be high and tight as possible so that at 3 a.m. in the morning, we don't have to think about placement of tourniquets and we place it as high as possible to prevent any blood loss? Well, let's listen to Donald Jenkins, a doctor from Mayo Clinic, as he talks about the best practices with tourniquets that they're finding up in Minnesota at the Mayo Clinic and who should carry tourniquets. Our message is to those people that work in industrial settings where they would be at risk of their limb being entrapped, farmers in an agricultural setting, and dialysis patients should all consider uh, having access, ready access, to a tourniquet. The first person we teach to put a tourniquet on is the individual putting it on themselves. And uh, uh, if you do not have that tourniquet on your person, then you may not be able to get to it. Uh, Certainly, this is a big push in law enforcement. Uh, All of the law enforcement uh, officers should be being trained, should be personally wearing, is what I call it, wearing a tourniquet, much the same as you would wear a belt. And our experience with that is we've now got more than 100 patients treated by Gold Cross and Mayo One uh, with the use of extremity tourniquets. And they carry with them... Uh, a greater than 95% success rate in stopping bleeding. A greater than 95% chance at stopping bleeding? That sounds almost absurd. But what is Donald saying? Well, he's pretty much saying that everyone should have a tourniquet. Doesn't matter who you are, where you work, Uh, what you do on a daily basis, you should have a tourniquet in your car, in your home, uh, in your backpack. You should have a tourniquet no matter where you are because you have a greater than 95% chance at stopping bleeding. This is almost like having AEDs in the community buildings and the schools and churches so that if someone goes into cardiac arrest, we have an automated external defibrillator there ready to work. I mean, I would love to see the day that we have AEDs in the homes. I mean, imagine the success rate of bringing someone back if everyone had an AED at home. So we want tourniquets to be more prevalent. We want people to be able to have their lives saved. You know, I had a personal experience with a dialysis patient who uh, had her fistula removed and um, she, you know, had the wound open up and blood just started spurting everywhere inside the room. I mean, we're talking an arterial bleed 
direct pressure was applied, one tourniquet was applied, and then a second tourniquet was applied because the bleeding wouldn't stop. But the problem with the second tourniquet was it was one of those types of brands of tourniquet that just failed because it couldn't handle the amount of pressure that we were trying to uh, squeeze down on the arm because the arm was just that big. So imagine with me, you know, you have that dialysis patient. You wouldn't think that a dialysis patient would have bleeding uh, happening from the arm, but they do. It, it does happen. And so what would you do in that instance? Could you uh, manage to make an improvised tourniquet? Would you have another backup tourniquet in place? And so if you go back to what Donald's saying, everyone should have a tourniquet on them no matter what. So maybe if you're an EMS provider, you've just got a tourniquet in the side of pocket of your pants. You just have an extra one available. I mean, I'm thinking back to this certain instance of this call. I mean, imagine if I had had a tourniquet in my pocket like Donald talks about. I would have been ready to go and I would have had a 95% chance at stopping that bleeding, which we did eventually get it stopped. But the problem was I had to improvise uh, with a cravat and uh, McGill forceps because it was sturdy enough to use as a windlass uh, to create a tourniquet on this lady. Stay up on all the brush up on EMS genre from Facebook to YouTube to the new thing that we've got, podcasts. Podcasts can be found on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Stitcher, and various other web podcast suppliers. You also can like, comment, and subscribe on Facebook, Podcasts, and YouTube. So stay up on all the brush up on EMS genre. a lot of people have been saying why are we going back to tourniquets for so long we we were away from tourniquets and now we're, we're going back to tourniquets don't tourniquets cause people's arms to fall off i mean you know you, you think about it you leave it on for for so long it's going to lose the pulse it's going to lose sensation it's going to lose blood flow it's going to become cyanotic and it's ultimately just going to fall off like a bull's testicles but that's not what's happening let's listen to donald jenkins talk again about how they're using tourniquets in his hospital. Uh, we use tourniquets every day in operating rooms for orthopedic procedures for hours at a time. On our military experience and now our civilian experience would demonstrate to us that several hours of use of a tourniquet to control hemorrhage does not result in significant complications. You heard it, folks. It doesn't cause significant complications. So putting a tourniquet on for eight hours plus or more uh, is not going to cause really more permanent damage to the patient. So what about placing tourniquets two to three inches above or placing them high and tight? What should we be doing there? There was an article I read from Spotter Up, the tourniquet, when do we apply the high and tight because I didn't listen. And this Spotter Up website, uh, which we'll put down in the show notes, um, talks about when do we do a high and tight? Well, they talk about high and tight is, can be used for most situations in non-medical professionals. It's easy to remember and unlikely to be placed distal. Um, you don't have to worry about placing it over a joint if you're going as high as possible. It also helps when you have injuries that are blast wounds like 
the civilians that were involved in the Boston bombing, as well as 9-11, and then also placing over clothes for people who are care under fire, you know, giving those individuals who are being shot at, um, you know, and you need to place it over the clothes and you can't find where the wound's at, placing the tourniquet high and tight. Their basic recommendation in this article is, you know, if you're within an hour to the hospital, go for the high and tight. But if you're going to be longer than that and you know that this patient is going to have a long transport time going to a level one trauma center that's farther away, there are going to be multiple pass-offs in, in care, then take the time and do adequate consideration and intentionally place the two to three inches above the wound and not on a joint. But if you've got a short transport time, you don't know if they're going to transport this patient, you just need to get the bleeding stopped, you're gonna get them to the hospital ASAP, then absolutely. But we've gotta watch out um, putting a tourniquet on when there's gonna be a long handoff time or that the person might have it on for an extended period of time. We gotta be careful to prevent compartment syndrome. But what the heck is compartment syndrome? Well, compartment syndrome is an increased pressure inside uh, enclosed muscle space in the body. Think about the arms, think about the legs. And this allows decreased blood flow. When the pressure goes up, blood flow goes down in the arm and it allows no movement of the blood flow. And so we think about the P's uh, associated with compartment syndrome, the signs and symptoms, which are pain, paresthesia, which is reduced sensation, um, no movement, paralysis, pallor, which we also know as pale, and then pulselessness. All of these things are affected by compartment syndrome. Yes, we're also not going to see pulselessness because we're already causing the person not to have a pulse and the, because the bleeding is stopped because we've tightened the tourniquet until the bleeding stopped and there is no pulse. But all of these things that we look at with tourniquets, you know, do we do two to three inches above? Do we do high and tight? All of these are kind of following with the stop the bleed campaign that is being pushed all across the nation. Just like people are getting pushed to become CPR certified, we are also pushing people to become stop the bleed certified, that they understand how to apply direct pressure. And if the direct pressure doesn't work and they have hemostatic dressings available to apply those chemical dressings that cauterize the wound, um, not all of them cause burns anymore, but apply that chemical dressing. And then if possible, if the bleeding doesn't stop after those two methods, and when we talk direct pressure, we mean direct pressure, moving to the tourniquet and putting that tourniquet on them as high as possible and tight as possible because we're talking about lay people here. We're talking about dialysis patients. We're talking about farmers, ranchers, industrial workers, pharmacists, anyone off the street, your local Walmart worker. Tourniquets should be everywhere when we talk about individuals with stopping the bleeding. And so when you're dressing for success with your tourniquet, whether you do high and tight, you do two to three inches above, it's kind of like a tomato tomato. However, if it's 3 a.m. in the morning, you're half asleep on an EMS call and you don't know what to place or where to place it and you're trying to think, go high and tight. Just get it done, get the bleeding stopped because if we have no blood to work with, the patient's ultimately dead. So we've got to get that bleeding stopped. But if you know that this is going to be a long transport time, you're in the middle of the Rocky Mountains, you've got a two-hour transport down to the local facility, and then once you get there, they're going to go farther and farther down into a level one trauma center, you might need to think about placing it two to three inches above. That also gives you a little bit of room 
to place another tourniquet above that because if the bleeding doesn't stop with one tourniquet, place a second tourniquet above that other one. And so we wanna tighten these tourniquets until the bleeding stops and we have no pulse. And that way we know that the tourniquet is working. And the way that, that works is by cinching down the strap as hard as we can and then using the windlass to get more gain on that tourniquet to get it farther down so we, we get that bleeding to stop. If the person's not in pain, the tourniquet is not working. Does that make sense? I hope it makes sense to you guys. So I hope that this helps you guys out in the field when it comes to stopping the bleeding, when it comes to uh, applying tourniquets. You know, I really feel like it's important that individuals understand that it's okay to place it high and tight but it's also okay to place it two to three inches above and not on any joints. So from all of us here at Brush Up on EMS, I hope if you ever come across someone and you need to apply a tourniquet or create a tourniquet, you're ready to do it. And I hope you all stay safe out there, watch your brother's back, and have a great week. Stay up on all the Brush Up on EMS genre from Facebook to YouTube to the new thing that we've got, podcasts. Podcasts can be found on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Stitcher, and various other web podcast suppliers. You also can like, comment, and subscribe on Facebook, Podcasts, and YouTube. So stay up on all the Brush Up on EMS genre.